For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance and the encouragement of scriptures, we might have hope. And that is Romans chapter 15, verses 14. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Bridge Radio. And we are coming at you from the great state of Texas. I am your host, A.W. Varilla, and next to me, the president, Steve Denhartog. Hello, hello, hello. What's up, everybody? <laughs> well, guys, it is a new week. We are in April. We are. We were in April last week, but, you know, it's it's uh, it's April. You did, know. Li- did a little joke on, on our videographer. We just did. To keep it straight. Yeah, yeah, we, we definitely did, especially, uh, yeah, April Fool's. Uh, we did that last week, so... Awesome, awesome. Well, um, Steve, uh, you know, like always, we like to talk about what's going on in the ministry. You know, uh, can you give us a little update with everything going on? We've we've been having some just uh, uh, good, great things happening uh, with us in social media, with our yeah. uh, posting with uh, authors. Uh, again, you know, we we are a uh, bridges a ministry mm-hmm. uh, that uh, has books, coffee teaching yeah our <laughs> primary objective well when we started was yeah. to just provide resources bibles christian books and resources and then uh, now we've become much more of a teaching ministry as yeah. well but it's just super exciting to see how the spanish side of things has taken yeah. off really the the a uh, lot of interest in social media we're producing a lot more just solid just solid teaching in Spanish um, with Eduardo and Rafael doing the podcasts and also the books and the Bibles that we have. So that's really exciting to see. Yeah, I didn't, I I, I was just absolutely shocked what kind of response Mm. we've been getting from the Spanish community Mm. uh, on the content that we've been releasing on our, on our, on our social media platform. And and again, we are, uh, we do reach uh, all the Latin American countries with our podcast and just the things that people have been saying how they've been blessed through mm. through the podcast has been absolutely great and like we always you know say here in the ministry this is all for the glory of god this yeah. is not about us amen this is all about christ and furthering the kingdom mm-hmm. um you know he uses us uh, we are his instrument his vessels yes uh to accomplish these things but uh you know the this is not about me or you or it's just about him and um and and we we, we want to stay humble about that you know amen and uh it's and to it's, point people to jesus christ yeah and, you know so we rejoice we're excited when we when we see that happen and when we get testimonies from people about you know how they've been impacted so. yeah absolutely so and that and that excites us you know that uh we get to partake uh in this uh to together you know for for amen. his glory amen um, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to subscribe to Apple, Android, Google, and Stitcher Radio. And please visit our website at bridgemenlaredo.org. And uh, like we keep saying, we're now on Spotify. So please check us out there. Uh, this week, we have uh, Dave Jenkins. Mm. Uh, we are going to be uh, talking about his book, The World excuse me, the word explored the problem of biblical illiteracy and what to do about it by, uh, 
by H&E Publishing, House of House. Uh, they're out of uh, Canada. So for our Canadian listeners, uh, you have a, a solid uh, there you uh, go. Pub- uh, yeah, <laughs> publisher out there. So if you guys uh, have heard of them, I'm sure uh, they probably have some good books out there. But so, yeah, we've been getting just a, a, a lot of Canadian listeners. So that's really exciting. So uh, Dave is going to be uh, talking today about just a problem with biblical illiteracy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things that's going through this book, I was convicted is, you know, uh, just looking at myself and my uh, time reading scripture, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, and I do appreciate that in the book, you know, he is saying, hey, man, if you want to grow, if you love Jesus, you know, it is key to be in his word. Amen. For a lot of different reasons that we'll talk about in the podcast. But, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm excited about it. I think he brings up some really good points. Looking forward to uh, hearing what he has to say, especially with regards to just meditating on the word. Yes. And, uh, you know, memorizing it as well, keeping it in your heart. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast today. And uh, Steve, why don't we just go ahead and get started? Let's do it. All right. Dave Jenkins serves as the executive director of Servants of Grace Ministry, the executive editor of Theology for Life magazine, and is host for the Equipping Equipping You in Grace podcast. He is the author of The Word Explored, The Problem with Biblical Illiteracy and What to Do About It. He received his MAR and MDiv through Liberty Baptist Theological Seminary, and he is happily married to Sarah Jenkins. Welcome, Dave Jenkins, to Bridge Radio for the first time. Yeah, guys, it's a pleasure to be with you. I love what you guys are doing uh, there in Texas. And uh, thank you guys for your ministry and for having me on. It's an honor to be with you. Yeah. uh, You know, um, when you reached out to us, uh, you know, you sent us a copy of your book, which we are. (laughs) I was so happy just going through your book. It's a great book. Uh, Great book. Um, And. I was telling Steve in the beginning, I was like, man, there's just a lot of things in here that reading through your book that just was convicting just to myself, Mm, you know? And, um, and I was like, wow, uh, I'm so glad that we're going to talk about this subject. Absolutely. It's such an important topic. Yeah. So, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, praise God, you know, Mm. that he used the book in your life. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, thankfully had that. Yeah. So Dave, um, just, uh, this is your first time on, can you just share a little bit about yourself and how God drew you to saving face for our, for our audience? Yeah. Well, you, you shared a little bit about my bio, so I won't go there. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was saved. <laughs> I was saved by the grace of God at the age of five. My, mm. my mom and I had a little rear end bumper and we lived in a pretty small town in North Seattle, um, just North of Seattle, maybe 30 minutes. Mm. And, I just remember after that being a little bit shaken up and I remember sitting on my mom's lap in our house after we, you know, turned in, um, it's just outside of our, ha- uh, where we lived, our little subdivision. And I just remember, um, saying, mom, I need Jesus. And, mm. um, I remember just walking with Jesus ever since then mm. and having a desire for him, although very walking, very imperfectly. I've had my share of struggles uh, my parents got divorced and had a lot of fighting so there was a lot of emotional abuse mm-hmm. in our home growing up a lot of dysfunction but just remember following jesus and serving him and um in the local church and um yeah uh you know god has been very kind to me 
Um, I married my wife at 26. She's outside of my salvation. She's the best gift that mm. God has ever given me. I could talk about her for this whole show. <laughs> but, uh, you know, she, I, I dedicated the book to her. Um, you know, she edited the, she edited this book along with a publisher mm. and it's a better, it's a better project, uh, for it. Um, she edits all my major projects. She is a, an awesome editor. She, again, I could talk about her the whole time, but uh -huh. she was the editor for NASA at one time. Oh, wow. So she's got a lot of experience editing and, um, she's been editing my stuff since we've been together. So 14 years. And she's helped me become a better writer. Um, there's not one aspect of my daily life, really, that she hasn't in some way um, impacted and, and been used by God in, um, to impact others. And I tell her that all the time. She's like, oh, just stop it. <laughs> but I'm like, no, really? Like, let me, let me walk you through this. Let me explain this to you. So, you know, God used her um, in, a, in a pivotal way. Um, it was six months before I met her that I was enslaved to pornography and God convicted me of that and um, haven't had a desire for that. But uh, during that, I prayed and said, Lord, help me to be the man you want me to be. And six months later, I met Sarah. Mm. And then a month later, I asked her to marry me. Um, we knew both right away. And um, yeah, we've been married now 14 years. Um, we've lived in three states that God has led us to. And we're here and now in Southern Oregon. And it's beautiful. It's different than Southern California, <laughs> and uh, we, we really enjoy it. Uh, it's the trees and green uh, coming from, you know, sand and sagebrush. It's mm. uh, it's hard to beat. You know, I have a beautiful view of the valley and everything right outside my house, and there's a golf course right across the street. That's awesome. I mean, what more can a guy ask for? I mean, my goodness. We can and I get to serve Jesus, so. <laughs> <laughs> we can relate to the sand and the sagebrush, but uh <laughs> yeah, not the trees yet. Hey, Dave, so the book that we're talking about is obviously the word explored uh, regarding the problem of biblical illiteracy. Can you talk a little bit about the statistics related to that and, you know, what kind of need there is for biblical literacy nowadays? Yeah, well, I'll get the stats and then I'll define, um, if it's okay, define you bet. what we mean by biblical literacy and biblical illiteracy. So maybe I'll start there real quick. Well, no, I'll, I'll explain the stats. So George Barna, you know, has dedicated his life. He's a well-known researcher. His research um, about biblical literacy is eye-opening. Mm -hmm. Fewer than half of all adults can name the four Gospels. Many Christians cannot identify two or three of the disciples. 60% of Americans cannot name five of the Ten Commandments. Um, several surveys further uh, help us understand the problem. God helps those who help themselves is a Bible verse. 82% <laughs> of Americans believe that. Wow. 81% um, of born-again Christians believe the Bible teaches a primary purpose in life is to take care of one's family. 12% of adults believe that Joan of Arc was Noah's wife. 50% <laughs> of graduating seniors thought that Sodom and Gomorrah uh, we're a husband and wife. So when we talk about it, it, it's the problem of the subtitle of the book is the problem of biblical literacy, right? And what to do about it. Mm -hmm. So people might get the impression that I'm saying this is like the only solution. I'm saying let's have a conversation yeah. um, instead. Like I'm not saying this is the only solution to the problem. I think it is a biblical solution to the problem. So there's that. But the biblical liter biblical literacy 
it might some people might get the impression that biblical literacy has to do with knowing everything about the Bible, and that's not biblical literacy. Um, I don't think there's there's a way that we can know a lot about the Bible right after studying it for years and years. But it's an inexhaustible treasure. We would say sixty six books. There's there's a lot there. Um, so biblical literacy has to do with knowing key ideas and facts, which is what the stats are showing. I mean, mm. just the some of the basics. But even if you don't know the basics, like you know, I'm sure we we all would mess up on some of the Ten Commandments, or or maybe the disciples, or we're not we're not talking about like making those kinds of mistakes. We're just talking about like knowing like basic key facts, ideas, um, being able to articulate those kinds of ideas. Although. It's okay to make mistakes. Um, you know, we're, we're all learning. Um, to be a disciple is literally to be a learner. Um, and so that's biblical literacy then um, has to do with not knowing any key facts or ideas. And that's where the statistics show us that people don't understand, you know, the basics about salvation, about marriage, um, you know, about any anything related to the bible yeah. so that that would be how i would explain that just very briefly yeah i was also amazed the uh the further stat that you have there with regards came from lifeway research uh regarding church attendees so basically the last two were 40 percent uh only read their bible once a month or never of church attendees that's just stunning to me and uh Again, I guess it just goes to make the point of how important it is to encourage people to be in the Word, because if we're if we're followers of Christ, if that's who we are, that's what we need to be in. We what word we need to be following is His. Yeah, I mean, even in that in that same uh, uh, column, you you put down that um, that only nineteen percent read their Bibles every day. I was like, whoa. That's yeah, it's, it's very pretty, low. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So, uh, Dave, as we were moving forward here, uh, can you just uh, talk about some of the Holy Spirit's aspect in its ministry and in the word? Yeah, sure. Just a brief a couple things maybe related to Christians. You know, the first thing to say is obviously the Christian isn't dwelt by the Spirit at the moment of salvation. Hmm. Um, the fruit of the Holy Spirit are the fruits produced in Christians because the God is at God by the Spirit is at work in them. In John 14, 16 through 18, Jesus teaches that um, the Holy Spirit will be a guide, a teacher, a comforter. Um, the Holy Spirit is aiming to ground Christians in the, in the truth of Scripture for the purpose of pointing them to Jesus from Scripture, uh, to witness to the glory of Jesus in the world. And further, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit feel the mission of God through the through the local church. Um, the other thing, not only that is important, but when I talk about this recently, it's it's been interesting because I think what people hear is okay, so the Holy Spirit individually indwells me; He's teaching me. But also, we can go to the church aspect and see in Ephesians uh, four fifteen that God, the Holy Spirit, gave teachers. Um, he gives office bearers. He yeah. gives you know teachers to teach us the truth. So it's not only that the Holy Spirit is teaching us individually, but through the church, the Holy Spirit is sending us teachers and pastors, shepherds, um, to teach us the truth. Um, and they're supposed to help equip the saints. There, the, the next part of the verse is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. And the, so that Paul told the elders at Miletus to preach the whole counsel of God. 
So the pastor's job, 2 Timothy 2.15, is to equip the saints to, as Paul says there in 2 Timothy 2.15, to rightly handle the word of truth. Um, so it's not just, okay, the Holy Spirit is individual. The Holy Spirit is also corporately at work. He's using your pastor and teachers and those people to teach you the truth as well. And that that's a biblical balance um, on that on that issue that mm-hmm. we really have to um, get. Because like I said, I think a lot of people think, well, I just have the Holy Spirit and he's teaching me. And it's like, mm-hmm. you have the Holy Spirit, yes. But you also have the Holy Spirit also gave you teachers to teach you the, that word. you know. And, and we need both. Amen. And that's that 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 helps us to be humble too. Yeah, unfortunately, we have come across uh, people here at the ministry um, and just people in our lives who uh, would say that I have the Holy Spirit. I don't need teachers. You know, uh, I just got the Word, my Bible, and I'm good. I'm just like, whoa, who's who's teaching you this? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and that and that and that makes it sad. You know. Yeah. And can you talk a little bit about that, uh, Dave, with regards to how we um, how we how we do discernment in our own lives when we are listening to the word? You, you brought up the important of importance of uh, hearing the word. You know, we need to have teachers um, who we sit under, you know, pastors, so that we're hearing the word on a regular basis. But then, how do we actually implement? that discernment into our lives how what's kind of a a guideline that we can go by what's a rule for that how would you how would you talk about that a little bit yeah that's that's a good question well first of all scripture has uh is very clear about this particular subject in first thessalonians 5 21 through 22 paul says test everything hold fast Mm -hmm. what is good abstain from every um form of evil um, what people don't often use is Luke 6.45, which says the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. So what Paul is saying, he's calling for discipleship. Um, what Jesus is talking about is what we input into our lives. It goes into our hearts. Um, so what we hear, what we input in in our lives, it should be grounded in Scripture. Mm. Um, you know, in in First Peter three fifteen, we like to quote that. You know, always be ready to give an answer for the reason for your hope, and do so with gentleness and respect. But what we forget is the context. And if we go back to the first part of um, in First Peter uh, one thirteen through fifteen, Paul's or Peter's call there is for holiness in all of life. Um, so apologetics isn't just an, giving an answer for the reason for the hope that we have, just as discernment isn't either. Hmm. Um, it's, rather, it's rather the very basis of our um, worldview. You know, it, it, we have conviction. Our, convic- our presuppositions, they shape our convictions and hmm. thus our worldview. Hmm. And so when we talk about discernment, we have to understand the reason that we're being discerning is because we're grounding ourselves, obviously, in the Bible. Yeah. Um, and what Jesus says about our treasure is so vital um, to understand because what is our treasure? <laughs> it's like I treasure my wife, but I treasure Christ more supremely because, you know, he's the one that saves me from mm-hmm. my sins and he rose again. And so that's a treasure. That's a treasure of supreme value and Amen. worth. Um, and so what we treasure then and what we input into our lives is so is so vital 
Um, in Romans 10, 17, Paul says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. You know, that hearing, that the word of Christ, excuse me, is the gospel. It's the finished and sufficient work of Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection. So back to what Jesus says in Luke 6, 45, what we hear, what we input into our lives will become a reflection of what we love. So we should be guarding our, our hearts, as Proverbs 4, 23 says, um, with all due diligence, with the with the scripture, yeah. you know, testing as Paul commended Paul was commended, Paul commended the Bereans, excuse mm. me, in Acts seventeen eleven for searching the scriptures. The Thessalonians were commended for receiving the word of God. And so we have to test everything um, by scripture, be grounded in the scripture, be shaped by scripture, not just so that we can give an answer for the reason for our hope or contend for the faith. But rather that it's it's a it's a whole way of life. It's a whole way of um, uh, um, excuse me. Carl Henry um, was a very influential uh, 20th century theolog American theologian, and he called this idea a life view. Mm -hmm. It's a way of seeing um, not just the world but our lives through the prism of, of Scripture. So that that would be what I would say. Now, how do we do that? We have to. Delight. There's three things that I'm trying to get people to do by reading the book. When they come out from the book, I want them to love what God loves, and God loves His Word, His Church, and His people. So, you know, by by seeing, by delighting in those things, um, it'll become more than reading the Bible. It'll become more than just a chore or a duty. It'll it'll become a delight to them, mm. and they'll be growing in in Christ and. Um, then be able to be effective witnesses for Christ. Amen. Um, can we just talk a little bit further, Dave, on just uh, exercising discernment in an age yeah. where social media um, is a big player in um, how people view scripture? Uh, I want to give you an example. Um, and I'm sure you've heard about this. Just uh, several weeks ago, we had uh, this reverend named Michael who was on TikTok um, that said that Jesus uh, uh, made racist claims. Uh, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Uh, and and just to be clear, we I, did have him on. He yeah, we, on. Oh, yeah. Did I say that we had him on? Did we? Did I say that? Well, you said something about we had. Or oh, something. I'm sorry. I just want to make make sure our listeners understand. Oh we man, did, we didn't have it. No, we didn't have it on. Sorry, uh, we were talking about this. Yes, let, let me correct that. We did not have this guy on, uh, but uh, I know that Dr. James White had him on. Uh, other people were just talking about it was absolutely nutty to hear. But people are believing some of this error um, and saying, oh, yeah. And he was quoting the uh, Sino-Phoenician woman, Syrophoenician woman, excuse yeah. me, uh, of that when Jesus called, uh, you know, the, the dogs and whatever. Yeah. And, and they were using that for their social justice platform and saying that Jesus repented of racism. And, and I'm just like, wow, like who would ever believe this? That is a Christian, but there are Christians believing this. So how do you guard against that? Yeah. Well, the, the first thing is, is we have to be in, the first thing is, is we have to know our Bibles. Mm -hmm. um, we have to be, we talked about, you know, being taught the Bible. And that's important too, that that balance is so vital. But in terms of somebody saying something like that, I mean, that's totally, 
we would say, I mean, we could go to Ephesians chapter two and Paul says that dividing line has been broken down by Christ. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so the reason that we have real unity is because of what Jesus did, you know, when he said in John 1930, it is finished. It, it is signed and sealed. It's delivered. Um, unfortunately people making, um, people making, um, groups of people better or superior to one another or anything like that, that is, um, it's totally anti-gospel, mm-hmm. um, first off, that we have to say. Um, it literally denies, as I said, um, the, the reason for Christ dying, Paul says in Ephesians 2, about Christ breaking down that dividing line, um, dividing wall um, that separated you know, sinners from him. And he broke that down so that we could have access to to the throne. You know, that's Hebrews 4.16, that we are summoned before the throne of grace. Um, so I would say it's, it's tragic that somebody would say that. I'm, I'm not familiar exactly with the statement. However, I am familiar enough with other people saying that. Uh-huh. Um, so here's a couple of things that I want to say and uh, in, in, in to guard against that. I would say to most Christians should not scroll on social media. Um, I have a, I have as an editor myself, I, I struggle with this because I want to see what people are saying, but I've been told by other editors, just don't, (laughs) just don't scroll. It's not, it's not healthy for your soul. Um, I would say if you're a new Christian, definitely don't scroll on social media. Mm. It's, it's totally, um, that's good advice. Totally not helpful. The second thing is, is, and, and I'm going to qualify this here after I say it, try to not engage in theological arguments on social media. Mm. It's pretty much pointless. Now, I said I was going to qualify this. If somebody is asking you a question, I think that that's okay. It's okay to answer the question. However, also realize that a lot of people might be baiting you. Mm. So you got to use, you got to use, don't respond to every um, comment after you've already responded, you know, make sure your answer to them is biblical. It's clear. And you don't have to give an exhaustive answer. Um, people don't want that. They want a short, concise answer. So keep it maybe 300 words. So I I would love to play the, that clip for you (laughs) just so you could, you can hear what, I mean, can I do that? Can, Can I go ahead and play that? And you can just kind of respond to that. Go ahead. Would you be okay with that? Sure. There's a part of the Gospel of Mark where Jesus uses a racial slur. In Mark chapter 7, there's the account of the Seraphonician woman, a woman who is Syrian and Greek, both of which there were strong biases against within the Jewish community. And she comes to ask Jesus to heal her daughter who's possessed by a demon. And what is Jesus' response? He says, it's not good for me to give the children's food, meaning the children of Israel's food, to dogs. He calls her a dog. What's amazing about this account is that the woman doesn't back down. She speaks truth to power. She confronts Jesus and says, well, you can think that about me, but even dogs deserve the crumbs from the table. Her boldness and bravery to speak truth to power actually changes Jesus' mind. Jesus repents of his racism and extends healing to this woman's daughter. I love this story because it's a reminder that Jesus is human. He had prejudices and bias, and when confronted with it, he was willing to do his work. And this woman was willing to stand up and speak truth. So that 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 was it, and and a ton of yeah. people have listened to that and believe that garbage. 
Well, wow. Um, that's 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 a there's there's so many. I think the thing that sticks out is 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 essentially he's accusing Jesus of not being sinless. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the thing that like, sticks out he, to me. Yeah, he's saying, "Oh well, Jesus. Well, we know that Jesus is sinless. Um, that's the first thing to say. So the accusation that Jesus somehow committed racism would mean then that Jesus somehow sinned." And he's not worthy to um, be your savior. Yeah, and we don't see that even in the text. I, I've got <laughs> it right here. Yeah. Um. There's there's literally nothing. So it's like, that's not what it says. So that's why. Oh, here's here's something that's it's important when we're talking about discernment. When you're listening to your pastor, or you're listening to this the podcast or anything is is like I said, what we input into our into our ears it goes to our hearts mm. you know that's a biblical argument that i already made um and so when we talk about something like what we just listened to um just right off the top the the first thing is is this guy says jesus isn't sinless the other thing is is he twists the scripture yeah. uh, to suit his own argument so we have to listen for that we have to have that's why i encourage people always have your bible open if yeah. you're listening to a podcast mm. You know, and and make sure that okay, what does that mean? Okay, that's what it means. Okay, got it. And 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 even in your reading the book, I, I've said people, hey, there's over 110 verses in a 110 page book. Go ahead and open those, uh, open your copy of God's Word and 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 read the book and read, um, read God's Word with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I was saying earlier making one class of people yeah. above another i mean that is that is completely um unbiblical and um the bible doesn't support um racism in any any way or shape or form that's yeah let's be clear about that we're made in the image of god and we're deserving of every single person is is worthy of dignity value and respect because that's how god has made us um so yeah, he de- he de- he denied the image of God. He denied Jesus was sinless in that brief clip. He he uh, you know, he said that Jesus changed his mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Jesus changed his mind. Yeah. I mean, that, so God changed his mind um, on something. So God God is not unchanging. I mean, oh my goodness, the the more I'm talking about this, so then you have a problem with the character of God. Then you then you, I mean, he he just. Uh, yeah, There's and nothing I, Christian at all about that. And I just, I, I just wanted to point out because he takes scripture and completely twists scripture, takes it, takes it out of context, uh, try to fit his narrative, you know, to fit his social yep. justice racism thing, and and what why I pointed that out that so many people out there are believing this garbage because they are not being Bereans. I mean, Christians are believing this. Yeah. And not being Bereans and checking the word. But, you know, here when we do our podcast, you know, Steve and I are saying, hey, please check whatever we say. Um, Please don't listen to us. Go check scriptures. And, you know, if I misspeak or Steve misspeaks, you know, people let us know, you know, and please let us know, you know, because I, I am I am a flawed being. And sometimes I say things incorrectly, not because I'm I do it accidentally, you know, and my mind is just sometimes just, you know full of other things and i'm just like oh man i'm sorry that's not exactly what i meant you know well anybody can sound like a heretic if you take a a short segment (laughs) of what we say out of context that's again why it's so important to to read the scriptures in context and to listen to the complete story when we're you know when we're listening to anybody because uh 
like I said, you can take stuff out of context and it's a pretext, it's a pretext for a proof text, right? Mm-hmm. According to Carson. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Dave, keeping with our theme of discernment in your book, you talk about a, a couple of ways of doing that, uh, being meditating on the word and memorizing the word, hiding the word in our heart. Can you talk about that a little bit? And when you when you talk about meditation on the word, what does that mean? How do we go about doing that? And then as far as memorizing, do you have any suggestions for how you go about memorizing the word? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. Well, memorizing and meditating on scripture are like, you know, going to the ATM and pulling, you know, you put in your card, you type in the pin, and then, you know, you take your money out. And that's, when we're inputting scripture into our hearts and our minds, it's like an ATM where, mm. you know, making a deposit um, so that we can pull it out. You know, in the ministry of Jesus, we, we see that he knew scripture as the fully God and fully, fully man. Um, he, he was able to quote scripture. We, we see that, you know, in his encounter with Satan in the desert and other, other opportunities that he had. Um, so we should be, we should know the Bible. Um, we should not only be delighting to, read it to study it but we should be inputting it we should be you know um thinking about it that that's one thing that when i think about especially memorizing the bible i like to just think it over mull it over chew it over i know there's a whole bunch of strategies there's you know there's flashcards. there's writing it out um you know you can even type it out if that helps you and print it carry it with you there's you know putting it in the in the bathroom you know um, there's, there's all those, all those things, but really the purpose of all that is to help us to be like Jesus so yeah. that mm-hmm. whether in good times, and I'm going to say good times too, because we often talk about the bad times, the challenging times, mm-hmm. but we need both. We need scripture in us for the good times and we need it in for the, you know, obviously the bad times, the challenging situations, you know, when we're being, uh, either tested or being tempted in some way, we need to know scripture, um, so that and and how does that help us with uh, discernment? I mean, just right. We just kind of already showed that. Yeah. I mean, Steve, you and I, we were like, "Hey, well, Jesus, the Scripture clearly says Jesus is sinless." Yeah. Um, and then you know we're talking, broke it down a little more, and so those kind of things. Just just having that. Uh, one of my friends is a biblical counselor, and he says, "How much Scripture can you access?" Mm. Um, he's talking to biblical count. He was talking to biblical counselors, but it's a convicting question. I use that in in the Mm. book and it's, it is convicting because, but again, we have to understand that we're being mastered by scripture. Uh, and so we're, we're never going to master the Bible, right? The whole thing. Um, we need to be, we need to understand that where our lives are to come under the authority of God's inspired inerrant, sufficient, clear, and, um, you know, authoritative word, um, and so that's that's good for us, um, and and our lives are to be not only grounded but shaped by that. So as they are, we we'll, we will be increasingly um, discerning. We'll be able to spot. Okay, well that guy, that guy that we listened to, what he was saying wasn't biblical. Uh, when the pastor says something that's not quite right, we'll be able to spot that and be like, hmm, that's not quite that's not quite right, or. And there's a difference there between being nitpicky, being like, "Well, I just didn't like how he said it," versus mm. that wasn't biblical. There's there's a there's a difference there, sure. and um, you know. And we were talking yeah. about this a couple of podcasts ago, when we were doing the Body of Divinity by Thomas Watson, mm. and we we're doing the section on Scripture. Uh, 
the, the, the importance of that. Um, and you know, I just going back to what you were saying, Dave, uh, um, about being in scripture, I think the, one of the coolest things that, uh, um, when you read your scripture and, you know, you read the Bible, uh, you know, year in, year out, as you go through it on a yearly basis for, uh, a lot of folks that do that is when you come across a verse, you know, that, um, you've read maybe 10 times and that 11th time you're like, Whoa, I didn't see that. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I had put a, I had put a statement on, on, on social media the other day. Um, and I asked the question, why is Palm Sunday not called cloak Sunday or cloak Palm and Sunday? And I say the gospel speaks more about laying down of cloaks than a palms uh, we see that in Matthew and Mark and Luke and John, uh, and only John specifies the branches of palms. And then I put the cloak represents submission and palms represent victory. But I didn't think about that. Like, you know, even our traditions like, oh, Psalms, but like, I, I, I was like, whoa, hold on a second. What's going on here? And I'm running around in the other gospels. Like it speaks more about cloaks and palms. What's going on here? And that was really cool just to kind of see it and as an example of just when we are in scripture, we are meditating and just, we just see things and not even, you know, we just kind of read through them. But, uh, and, and it just came up because, uh, you know, we were, we're in this time of just uh, celebrating of our Lord and our Lord Jesus and savior, you know, his death, burial and resurrection. Yeah. In your, in your book, um, you mentioned Dave with regards to personal Bible reading, Page 17, you talk about uh, spending substantive, meditative, and reflective time in the Word of God. And I think that that is so Mm. crucial for us, you know, rather than it being something that we check off the list in the morning, you know, got Mm. that done, but actually slowing down, whether it be in the morning, at night, whatever, you know, emptying your mind. And we're not talking about Far Eastern meditation here. (laughs) We're talking about just... Just being in the word, you know, praying for the Holy Spirit to open our eyes to see and our ears to hear, you know, and just spending that time with the Lord. I mean, it's just sweet fellowship when you get when you get to do that. Amen. That's good. Um, So, uh, Dave, um, I'm going to put these two questions together. Um, How can the local church address the problem of biblical literacy and why? And why is it important for corporate Bible reading? Yeah, it's a good question. Well, the first thing is, is our, our, our local church, churches should be grounded in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, the word I talked earlier about, you know, the Holy Spirit teaching us the truth individually, but the, the, the Holy Spirit giving teachers, pastors, those things. So the pastors are supposed to preach the whole counsel of God. That's, you know, Second um, Peter 4, or not Second Peter, Second Timothy 4, 2, excuse me. Um, preach the word, you know, that's Paul's words to Timothy. Don't mm. preach your opinion, preach the word. Mm. So expository sermons are, are those sermons that are grounded in scripture that make the point of that text that's yeah. being preached, the point mm. of the sermon. And that is the life bread of the local church. Mm. You know, some people think, oh, well, expository preaching is a new invention. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, the early church did it. The, the, the reformate, they did it in the reformation, they did it today. Uh, it's the it's the standard for the church to teach people. Um, small groups are a place again where we're supposed to be grounding our lives in scripture, 
but we're doing it in you know in a smaller group um well, this is so important i think small groups especially are undervalued mm. um we don't we might talk about them as a as a time for fellowship or eating but that's really a time to individually come together with a group of you know married couples or maybe yeah. singles or you know depending on life situations and things and just come together that's where we can really uh, do the 51 and other passages mm. uh, people can ask questions um, maybe that they wouldn't ask their pastor um, so you need to have a trustworthy guy leading the group, obviously. Yeah, yeah. amen. Um, that's theologically sound. Um, the other thing that I want to say about that is we need to stop taking a cookie-cutter approach to discipleship. Mm-hmm. Meaning, okay, let me clarify what I mean by that. You know, when we talk about reading the Bible, studying the Bible, whatever, we, we need to understand, we need to teach people the principles, not only how, but why we're doing it. That's really what I'm after in the book, mm-hmm. is to get people to delight in the God who has given us a book. And he delights over his word, his people, and his church. Um, and so we need to talk about that as well uh, to give people the right motivation to do it. Amen. But we also need to teach people the principles and stop giving them a cookie-cutter approach, saying, mm. well, do this because it works for me. And that, and, that, and and I want to say that's a good thing to do. I'm not saying you know that's a, that's a modeling invitation thing, so we would affirm that. But what people here we need to understand is, okay, well, you did this, and so it's going to work for me. Mm. And we need to counter that. We need to counter that by stopping talking in a cookie cutter approach about discipleship in general, and instead help people to understand: Hey, this did work for me. It may work for you, or may not. But here's the principle of it. Mm. Now go and take that principle, go and take that teaching, and own it yourself. Mm. Uh, make it your own, because the more that you like own something, right, the more it's yours. Uh, the more you're gonna, the more you're gonna do it. And so I think that we need to talk about um, our approach to discipleship a lot, um, and, and and because we people people feel defeated. I hear about this all the time. Well, Dave, I'm I'm struggling because of I was told this, and when we the more I dig into the, what's happening, it's it's usually this. You know, they were told this, and the pastor or teacher said, "Oh, do this," and that was a good thing that they said, but then they didn't help them to, you know, go the next step to, yeah. to own it, to make it their own, to, to clarify. And so I just would say, be explicit about this. Don't, 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 don't just say, Oh, well, people are going to get it. People aren't going to get it. Mm. They're not going to get it. You have to spell it out for people. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what, that's one thing. Yeah. Um, no, I think I, so, that's a good, that's a really good insight because I think just being open to people being kind of a sounding board there for them and not expecting them to adhere to one monolithic way of discipleship, but, but, you know, guiding them, Mm. but being accessible to them, answering their questions, you know, giving them feedback. I think that's key, Dave, as you, as you state there, because that's what true discipleship is. It's not a, it's not like you say a cookie cutter approach. It's really being there for that person and helping them as they grow in their Christian faith. I, I really appreciate when I was being discipled, um, when I would ask questions and the the person discipled me honestly didn't know the answer mm. or wanted, he would say, Hey, let's come along together yeah. and let's, let's do this together. And let's, let, let, let's, let's figure this out together, you know, biblically. And, and I really appreciate it. And the, and the person was really solid. I, I just, I'm a kind of person who will just ask, you know, questions and, 
And, and it was really, really nice to see to come along and be like, Hey, this person who is taking the time wants to go on this journey with me, right. To fit, to find out the truth. Right. And, and, and I, and I, and I'm, I'm just thinking of bridge and where yeah. resources become so important, um, uh, to, to help people, uh, be able to do those kind of if things. If we don't know, we'll, we'll probably find it. Yeah, we'll probably find it. And, and, and just going back, uh, Dave, as you were saying, the importance of expository preaching, this is something that you just don't see a lot. You know, there are churches who do it, but I'm just, there's, there's not a lot of churches who's, who are doing this. You know, it's, it's, it's always, you know, you know, churches that are saying, Hey, like 10 steps, how to be a better, you know, person. And there's a lot of danger in that. You know, and for the flock, uh, and when you do expository preaching, you know, I'm thinking just of RC. Like, you just can't avoid those tough subjects or topics that you know sometimes we don't want to talk about. And like you said, I mean, this is how the early church did it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we see Jesus. What is he doing? He's opening up scripture. You know, he's he he's sitting in in, in the synagogues and he's opening up scripture fulfilling scripture. Yeah. So Dave, uh, unless you have something else that you want to share, um, we're getting close to the end of this podcast. What we always ask our, our, uh, authors is if they would share the gospel with our worldwide audience, just to make sure that we are always going back to what God's word says about who Jesus is and that truly good news. Yeah, let's go. You know, that's awesome. <laughs> I love this question. I'm like, you ask a preacher, hey, preacher, share the gospel. <laughs> oh my God. Let's go, dude. Let's, let's go. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I posted that on the, I, I had a lot of fun with your question on social media and posted. I'm like, they asked me to share the gospel. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, the, the Farley, you know, the, the Farley, the Farley gift. You know, yeah. Let's go where that's funny. <laughs> anyways, anyways. Uh, uh, but seriously, now serious, all fun aside here. Second Corinthians five twenty one says, For our sake he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So at the heart of the gospel is a double imputation. My sin is imputed to Jesus. His righteousness is imputed to me. In this twofold transaction, we see that God, who does not negotiate with sin, who doesn't compromise his own integrity with our salvation, but rather punishes sin fully and really after has been imputed to Jesus, retains his own righteousness. And so he's both just and the justifier. So my sin goes mm. to Jesus. His righteousness comes to me in the sight of God. You know, we're guys, we're recording this. It's, uh, you know, what is it? Today is Thursday. Tomorrow is Friday. Mm. Good Friday. Yeah. You know, we're, we remember on Good Friday, Jesus' death in our place for our sin. But we also have to remember Easter, the truth of the resurrection. Amen. You know, for the non for the non Christian, the good news is Jesus did pay that penalty in our place for our sin. He was buried and rose again. And yet the bad news for the non Christian is that Jesus is coming back to judge the living and the dead. And and that judgment is absolute. So today there's not another day to repent. Today is the day to repent and believe in Jesus. And Acts sixteen thirty one tells us this believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. So I would say if you're listening to this, you're not a Christian, repent, put your trust, your hope, your confidence, your faith in Christ alone, and he will save you. But I also want to say something to the Christian. Martin Lloyd-Jones is a famous uh, 
you know, 20th century preacher. He said that the gospel is the beginning, the middle, and the end, and mm. everywhere in between of the Christian yeah. life. And what he's really saying is the truth of 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 2, which says, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, and which you stand, which are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believe in vain. Hmm. Dear Christian, Good Friday and Easter, they're once and for all events. Make no mistake about it. But these truths should be rehearsed. They should be reflected in our everyday lives. Amen. This is the gospel, dear Christian, which Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, 1, you stand in. In verse 2, he says, by which you're being saved. That means this gospel, it not only saves you, it sustains you, it holds you fast, it secures you. And going back to our discussion of, on the Holy Spirit earlier, he wants to take the truth of Scripture. It has a unified message in the gospel. He wants to take it and plant it deeper into your heart and your life so that you'll grow to be like Jesus and you'll bear fruit for Jesus. And all of this brings glory to Christ. Hmm. So this Good Friday, this Easter, dear Christian, remember Christ and Him crucified. Remember the bloody Savior who bore the wrath of God in your place and for your sin and rose again. But don't only remember those things on Good Friday and Easter. Yeah. May you take them more into your heart, into your life with a result that you'll increasingly even more testify of Christ and his glory. But I also want to say one last thing really quick uh, as we wrap up here to the Christians. Perhaps you're listening to this and you're, you're really struggling. Perhaps you're struggling with feelings of anxiety, with loneliness, depression, or condemnation. There's good news for you today because of what Christ has done on your behalf, in your place, for your sin, and that he rose again. And, and Romans 8, 1 very clearly says there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. No condemnation. Hmm. There, there's hope for you because the Savior you love and the Lord you believed on, dear child of God, he's your friend. You're adopted, and you're as loved as you can possibly be. Hmm. So I just want to say bask in the fresh air and in the glory of the grace of Christ and the finished and sufficient work of Christ alone. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I never <laughs> I never tire of hearing that. You know, it's the same gospel, <laughs> yeah. but everybody has a different way of presenting it, you know? It goes back to the same truth, yeah. the Jesus Christ. But, you know, I just love hearing it over and over again. And, and the point that you brought up about it's not just a one-time event, right? Mm -hmm. It is what we are to live in daily. Mm -hmm. We're going through a Bible study now here actually called Complete in Him with, uh, I think, Michael, Michael Barrett, Barrett is the author. But it talks about that exact thing, how the, how the gospel, you know, <laughs> begins our life with the Lord and how it ends, you know, the glorification that we have to look forward to. So yeah, thank you for that. Preach the gospel every day. Uh, well, Dave, thank you for coming on. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please, please go out and get the book, The Word Explo Explored, The Problem with Biblical Illiteracy and What to Do About It by uh, House to House Publishing or H&E Publishing. Um, and Dave, where can people find you, find your book if, uh, first of all, you want to be found. Uh, so if you're on social media, I always say that, you know, because some people don't want to be found. But uh, where can our where, where can our listeners uh, get your book and find you uh, and find your podcast and all, all, all that great stuff? Yeah, yeah. Well, you can find everything, um, you know, about Servants of Grace at ServantsOfGrace.org. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dave J. Jenkins. Um, the same on the same thing on same handle on Instagram. Uh, Facebook is Dave J. Jenkins S.O.G. 
Um, and you can find all my social media on on Servants of Grace as well. I'm on Parlor and MeWe. Pretty much if you find my face, that's me. Um, if you have any questions about whether that's me, you can email me, Dave at ServantsOfGrace.org. I'd love to hear from you. If you get a copy of the book, uh, please send it. You can send it to me. I would love to sign it. My address is Dave Jenkins, 519 Southeast Kane Street, Unit 939, Roseburg, Oregon, 97470. Mm. Um, and yeah, I really have enjoyed this conversation today, guys. You do a really good job. I'm I'm excited to get to know both of you, Steve and Abe, and uh, thank you so much for having me on. Yeah. No, uh, thank you for coming on. It's, it's a been, blessing. It's been a tremendous, a tremendous blessing, and I think it's going to be a tremendous blessing mm. to our worldwide audience. You uh, and, and we hope. And, and and by the way, guys, this book is a it, it's like 90 pages it's a quick read quick read but to the point very direct and just very much very be practical ed- very practical you'll be edified for sure like i was just like man this, this is great i mean you know we we yeah so please just go out and get it all right well uh dave thank you for coming on bridge radio today uh you have a blessed week you have a blessed day and you're gonna come back on right yeah when's the next book coming out <laughs> uh in the fall or yeah you can have me on any time. <laughs> good deal. Well, awesome. We're super excited. All right, Dave. Well, thank you for coming on. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes this week's episode with Dave Jenkins on his book, The Word Explored, The Problem with Biblical Illiteracy and What to Do About It by uh, H&E Publishing. Um, hmm. Steve, what did you think? <laughs> so that was a really rich podcast. Yeah. He's got a lot to say about, uh, you know, Bible reading, the importance of it, and how to go about doing it. Um, just a really, really worthwhile resource. You know, I, mm. it took me just an after, afternoon to go through it. You know, like I say, it's a quick read, but uh, it'll be a blessing to your spiritual growth, I believe. Yeah, and convicting. Convicting, for if sure. If you are not in the Word, mm. you know, um, for sure. So please... Please go check out the book, The Word Explored by Dave Jenkins, The Problem with Biblical Illiteracy. Because, uh, you know, we're living in a time, as we play that audio clip by that mm-hmm. uh, uh, that guy, yeah. uh, Reverend Michael uh, Robin, Robinson or whatever. Yeah. And, and I wanted to just point that out because that was just absolutely crazy. And if you're not in the Word, like, you're not going to be able to in- discern the the lies the error the untruth of statements that were made and we know that that's coming i mean that's yes. exactly what you know peter was talking about mm-hmm. you know timothy we we know that that is going to happen and so how are we going to equip ourselves to defend ourselves against it and 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 we can't be lazy about this you know yeah. and i'm speaking to myself as well when i when i say this statement we can't be lazy about reading the word yeah we we have to be in it because this way we can counter those 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 things that are false being said. arguments and and like i said we're in, in a time where people can just put something out there just like that you know there's then it might sound good it might sound reasonable oh, but yeah. compare it against god's word yeah you know always go back to the word yeah always go back to word it's about the word well guys uh, don't forget to follow us on facebook instagram twitter and youtube and like we always like to end the show what is your only comfort in life and in death that I am not my own, but belong body and soul in life and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. To next week, guys. Bye-bye.